What's up, everybody? Today, I got CC back in the house. CC, what's up, man? Hey, Shane. How you doing, man? Not too bad. And today, we're going to be talking about non-traditional media outlets. It's something you do not want to miss. This is the Game Time Guru. So, what time is it? Game Time What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Game Time Guru Podcast. As you know me, I'm, I'm Shane Larson, your host, coming at you today. Uh, you know what CC is in the house. We already discussed that in the uh, introduction. CC, I appreciate you joining me. It's been a minute, huh? It has been a minute. You've been busy uh, interviewing bigger and better folks. No, nah, uh... bigger and better nothing, man. <laughs> We're gonna get to to this discussion today. Bigger and better doesn't no, that doesn't exist because you're on the you're on the rise, man. You well, are the bigger and better. Well, the same the same could be said for you, my brother. No, so. <laughs> not quite to your level yet, man. I want to know something though. Um, how long has it been since we've done a podcast together? I think it was episode forty three. You had me on to talk about the Vegas Golden Knights success and. And here we are in the Stanley Cup final, and it's Washington and Vegas. Go figure, right? Like, like everyone predicted, right? You know, <laughs> right. this is this is how. Yeah, Vegas had them as like the the book. Vegas, you know, gambling yes. had them at like five hundred to one to win the Stanley Cup at the beginning of the year, and and now here we are. So if you're a sports gambler, go back and listen to my episode on sports gambling, how it just got legalized in the United States, and check out how I think that's going to uh, affect the integrity of the game. But yes, if you're a, if you're a better and you put money down on Vegas, you have a shot to come out. Uh, potentially. I mean, game four is is tonight. We're recording on a, on a Monday night, yeah. and Capitals have the lead two to one. It looks like they may be figuring out Vegas's scheme a little bit, but you know, it's uh, it's just amazing how they all banded together, cast-offs from the multitude of NHL teams that Vegas plucked from in the expansion draft, and it's just uh, I the term I've been using is a revenge tour. You know, they they go into people's buildings and they're like, "Hey, so and so got casted off from them. Let's show them that they made a mistake," and they've been doing it. I mean, Mark Andre Fleury is probably the hottest goaltender. Um, Braden Holtby, of course, has been holding his own for the Washington Capitals. But, you know, when you're spoiled for riches like Pittsburgh was, when you have a young kid like Matt Murray and Andre Fleury, Mark Andre Fleury in his early 30s, and Matt Murray is 22, 20, well, he's 23 now. Pittsburgh couldn't, you could only protect one goalie in the expansion draft. So. Right. I, I know I touched on that again in episode forty-three, and then well, we're, we're yeah. twenty weeks later, but I want to hear I want to hear this. Who do you have winning the the Stanley Cup? Well, uh, for the for the Sinbin podcast that I did, I picked Vegas in six, but it's not looking good. So they've got to win three straight if they're gonna make that prediction come true. But you know, we'll see. I'm it's gonna, sports. Anything can happen. It's it sports. is. It is sports, and Vegas has been a miracle. They've been the miracle kids. You know, the, yeah. they're the. The castoffs, the hooligans, you know, and so people are just kind of like the misfits. They've been called them the golden misfits. That's the phrase I was okay, looking for. Okay, the misfits. The I gold, like that. Golden misfits. Golden misfits. Yeah. So, so yeah. I mean, we'll we'll see what happens, but it's been it's been a unprecedented ride, and it's been a heck of a story, not only in the hockey world but in the sports world in general. Right. Man, it's been a cool story watching. I'm not even a huge hockey fan, but ever since I started, you know, doing these shows with CC with yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I've been following hockey a little bit more a little bit more a little bit more and it's 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 starting to uh, wear on me i like it i like it and so i've been rooting for vegas just because uh we've brought them up a couple of times um so i'm hoping they, they pull it off i have a good buddy of mine at work though who's a caps fan so 
it's kind of tough because I'm like, I can't talk trash because I don't know anything about it, but uh, I still want Vegas to win. Um, and you mentioned the sin bin. We're going to talk about this real quick because you talked about you know this podcast. And today, this show, what we're going to bring to the listeners is a little bit of information regarding these non-traditional media outlets. And we want to talk about why they're so important and why people should probably keep an eye on them or listen, you know, keep their ears out, whatever you want to say, uh, to listen to these or read these or just watch these non-traditional media outlets. Um, we're going to talk about each one of them and I want to have you expand a little bit about your job with the sinbin.net. Yeah. So I came on the sinbin.net at the technically in October, but I started, I started at the end of November. That was when I officially started covering games for the sinbin.net as a correspondent for the Idaho Steelheads in the ECHL. And I tell you, it's been, it's just from that point to where we are now, you know, the connections and the camaraderie has been, has been just amazing, you know, just to develop these friendships with these people that, you know, I only know them through Twitter and through the website but to communicate with them, you know, to get their phone numbers, to send them text messages and things like that. It's really become kind of a family unit. Yeah. And I'm going to, I'm going to kind of touch on that a little bit more, um, towards the end of me talking about the sin bin. Okay. I'm going to focus right now on some, some stats for you and just kind of where we are as a website. Yeah. We've had 1.5 million authentic visitors in the past two years plus, and we are averaging about 45,000 page visits per month. We've been featured on Yahoo's Puck Daddy. We've been featured on ESPN. We've been featured on Sports Illustrated. And, yeah, our coverage in the minor league hockey world, we cover the AHL, which is the level below the NHL. You could say it's the AAA mm-hmm. level, if you want to use that baseball terminology. We cover the ECHL, obviously, which is the double A level of hockey. And we even cover the SPHL, the Southern Professional Hockey League. There's only 10 teams, and it's the single A level. You know, okay. there's there's a number of teams there in the south. There's one in Peoria, Illinois, um, the Quad Cities area in Iowa and Illinois just got granted a franchise because they lost their ECHL franchise, unfortunately. So we've got all the bases of minor league hockey covered because you have a lot of these little markets that ultimately are niche markets and they're not really represented outside of, you know, the team website and the team representatives. A lot of the media directors and media relations people are also the broadcasters and they also oftentimes write the game recaps and a lot of the articles for the website you know the steelheads media director slash broadcaster brian mccormick does that okay and so you know brian he's amazing at what he does and his game recaps are succinct and to the point he does a wonderful job on the mic call and play-by-play and his coverage is great for the steelheads website but the sinbin is offering a great alternative to not just getting your news from the team itself. Okay. And in, in the minor league hockey market. And well, one thing I noticed about this too, like, so you, you're, you're talking about this in, it's interesting to me, interesting to me because I had um, a professional hockey player on the show, Mike Vernis, uh, a couple months back. Mike talked about how the minor league hockey, people think about minor league sports and they don't think of it as something that it's like huge or anything like that. But minor league hockey, he said straight up, it's one of the few, like few 
leagues, minor league hockey is one of the few leagues where you can actually make a decent living in the minors. Like hockey is one of those sports where you can make good money in the minors. And so it is actually really popular. There's a lot of money being generated and there are niches like that you can hit there. I was on Facebook the other day um, and there was this ECHL Facebook page um, and I go over there and there's so much so much um, communication going on there. There's these little forum threads going through and people are asking about what's the score to this game at Colorado. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, you know, we were, I, I kind of know these teams because of you um, covering some of the teams here, especially the Steelheads, but obviously other stuff. And, um, and I'm like, man, there are a lot of people that are following this, but some of them don't have that media outlet to go to, to get the information. And this is why I think the Simmons like legit. You've got all this info. There's a ton of info on that website. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we've got, I want to say 18 of the 27 ECHL teams covered this year, you know, so that's a good two thirds, maybe in a little bit more. I'm not, I'm just doing math off the top of my head now, but <laughs> you know, you've got a, a good percentage of the ECHL markets covered. Right. And so, yeah, to, to be able to go to an external source and to get the, you know, to get the the news and, and, and Twitter, you know, we live tweet the games, right. you know, we're, we're watching the games, we live tweet it, you know, with all the information and things like that. And so to, to go in and again, once again, you're getting a, you're getting another, another like facet of the diamond, you know, you're getting another, you're getting another viewpoint than you would from just the, the team, the team website. And, right. you know, there's, I'm going to, use AHL as an example. There's, there's certain blogs that have gotten a lot of traction. You know, I know a hundred, hundred degree hockey, they cover the AHL's Texas stars. Okay. And they, um, you know, they've been around for a minute. You know, I, I've, I remember seeing them for a number of years now. Um, admirals, the Milwaukee admirals are in the AHL. You okay. know, they have a, they have a blog and a Twitter called admirals Roundtable. Um, so, you know, you have these, these blogs that have kind of been independently, you know, gaining traction and stuff, but the sin bin consolidates it all. You know, the Sinbin is just like, you know, this is your one-stop shop for everything. AHL, ECHL, and SPHL. And that's really our driving force going forward. Right. You know, we just had a management kind of shift um, as of June 1. Okay. Matt Harding, he used to be the ECHL editor. He is now taking over as the editor-in-chief for the Sinbin. Okay. Uh, Mike Campos, he spearheads a lot of the SPHL coverage. He just took over as managing editor of... of you know, just all, all the editors okay, <laughs> and every little facet. Um, Samantha Hoffman, um, she served as our social media director for a while and was kind of unofficially taking, you know, AHL editor duty. She's now officially our AHL editor and Kristen Wooten. Um, she was an associate editor. She is now the ECHL editor and Joe Rizicki. He was the founder of the website. He stepped down for another venture. So that's where Matt Harding came into okay. play. And he's, he's now the editor in chief where Joe Rizicki was and of course, Matt Thomas, um, he's been our webmaster. Any awesome graphics and ev every design of our website, Matt Thomas does so much work. You know, it's like he has a full time job. This is another full time job. Yeah. And and the thing is, we don't get paid for this right now. Right. This is a labor of love for us. And I think that's another thing is that we're invested. Like we yes. care. We we give so much into our our craft. You know, you've got these writers that are willing to go to the games and take time out of their busy schedule. I mean, it helps that we're hockey fans. Right. You know, it absolutely. helps. Absolutely. So it's not like our local media outlets. Unfortunately, the Statesman on a game-to-game -game coverage, they can't provide it because they're basing their, their coverage off of website clicks. 
And from what I've heard from like Rachel Roberts from the Idaho Statesman, she said that the Steelheads, you know, you get a, a feature piece every now and again, you know, the Dahl brothers, um, Jefferson and Alexander were on the Steelheads this year. They did a piece on them. They also did a, a piece on Thomas Scholl, who was named the March goaltender of the month for the ECHL. Okay. Went undefeated in regulation for like a month and a half and basically helped carry the Steelheads into the, the two seed in the mountain division for the playoffs. They did those little pieces like that, but the, the game time, oh, the game time guru, the sin bin. Nice plug in. You're I the like game it. time guru. <laughs> I'm getting a little distracted there, but getting ahead, getting ahead of myself, backtrack a little bit. The sin bin again. We're kind of the catch-all. You know, we're, we're we're doing this out of a labor of love. And with that said, you know there is opportunities for advertisers. I mean, right. You know, Central Bank of the Midwest is a big you know advertiser of us and uh. uh Sponsor? Sponsor. Thank you. Yeah. I got you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They're a big sponsor of us. You know, they're a big contributor. That's that's the word I was looking for. And so we're looking also, there's always an opportunity to get more advertisers on board. So when they see how we're representing the market at all three levels of minor league hockey, you know, most people are, are going to, most, I mean, you, you, you heard the numbers, you know, 1.5 million authentic visitors yes. in two in two plus years. And with, you know, 45,000 page visits a month, it's a matter of just representing these small little markets, quote unquote small. Sometimes they're big metropolitan areas, right. but, you know, you throw an AHL or an ECHL team in there. And, yeah, it right now it's it's it gives the consumer an option to get something and to, to get their news and to get the podcast and everything for free uh, for now. Yeah, you know, no, we're, for we're sure. yeah. The summer is going to bring a lot of a lot of tinkering and a lot of changes. So we'll see what happens there. But everyone in is in. I mean, they're invested in one another. You know, yes. like I said, it's akin to family. Like we're really, we're really on board. If somebody is like, hey, I can't make it from work. Can you can you live tweet the game? Or we don't have a correspondent in Colorado right now. So for the Western Conference Final and for the Kelly Cup Finals, I have been filling in as right. the Colorado Eagles correspondent, and I'm tweeting from at Sinbin Eagles. You know they're about to have their game. They're about to have their game six Wednesday in Loveland, Colorado. So I'll be live tweeting that. And if it goes to a game seven, I'm gonna. It's gonna go back to Florida. So we'll we'll see. I mean we'll we'll just keep it keep it going. But I mean wherever there's a need, you know people are willing to step up and fill in. And it's really it's a really interesting and a really cool dynamic. You know when you're really yeah. invested in the people that you work with and you believe and all buy into the same thing then things just go smoothly. I mean, it's a little crazy and chaotic sometimes, yeah. but yeah, it's it's an amazing endeavor and it's a great thing to it's a great thing to be a part of. You know, one question I have for you is you mentioned labor of love and we're going to get to this multiple times throughout the show. Labor of love, does the quality of the work shine through because of that, do you think? Like when you're reading other people's articles and you're listening to the podcasts and stuff that are available with the simbin.net do you feel like that labor of love, the fact that you guys are all fans, the fact that you guys love what you're doing, you're not getting paid yet, yet, right. you're not getting paid yet, you're doing it out of the love of the the whole entire work, um, do you feel like that comes through in the work? I believe it does. Yeah. Yeah. And from the writers down to the photographers, you know, mm-hmm. um, Robin Iwaski, um up in Toronto, you know, she covers the Brampton Beast and the ECHL level. She's covering, she just shot the, the Toronto Marlies game. Uh, the Toronto Marlies and the, the Texas Stars, the Steelheads AHL affiliate, are in the, the Calder Cup finals. So up in the AHL. Yeah. So Robin Iwaski, she, she covered that. She photographed that. The pictures were awesome. 
Um, I know Kristen Bassnett. Um, she's another photographer based out of Manchester, New Hampshire. She does an awesome job. Sarah Hobday, uh, another photographer of ours. She traveled 14 hours by car. She lives in Virginia Beach, Virginia. She went down to all the way to Estero, Florida, you know, which is in the southern part of Florida. Yeah. And she drove 14 hours just to photograph a couple games for the Kelly Cup Finals. We're a dedicated bunch. You know, we don't yeah. mess around. And, you know, up in the North Division, you have Kerry Roberts and Josh Heisman covering the Adirondack Thunder and the Manchester Monarchs. And they travel. They travel and go cover each other's teams and things like that. You know, game against the Worcester Railers or, you know, another game versus the Reading Royals. And, I mean, you know, Ryan Bizarro does a good job covering Reading. It's just everybody is just willing to put this first because hockey is such a passion for them. And I believe – you know, down to down to the photography and the awesome shots that we take to the writing and the wonderful writing that like Jeff White does for the Toronto Marlies. You know, again, another example, he covers the Brampton Beast. But now that the Marlies are going for a playoff push, he's covering them as well. Nice. So, yeah, people are taking so much pride in their work. <laughs> in a word, yes. Yes, it shines through. And yes, you can see it. I love it, man. No, that's that's rad. I I think we're gonna get to that in most of our discussions today about the different non-traditional media outlets. One of the things that comes to mind for me is I was watching this video the other day, and it was I can't remember who the guy is. It's some entrepreneur, but it was this it was this video of these two guys, and I'll just briefly go over it to summarize. Two guys were watching this uh, YouTube video, and they start making fun of it because it's one of these guys from their school that they knew or something, and they're like, look at this guy. He hardly has any followers. He hardly has any of this, and he's trying to do something. Look at this, and they're laughing at him. And so the guy makes a point of it, and he goes, why are you laughing at him? We should be supporting him. Here we are supporting all these you know, big-name big fitness gurus out there, uh, but we don't even know them. Like We idolize them, but we've never met them. But you, we, we personally know this guy, and he's putting himself out there, and he's trying to do something that he's passionate about, and we're not supporting him. Why are we not supporting him? We're laughing at him. And that's what I think about with these non-traditional media outlets at the same time, not necessarily that we're making fun of people, but we, we so often, myself included, we idolize these big-time sports analysts. Stuart Scott was my idol. Loved Stuart Scott, and I'd never met the guy. Loved him. You know, Linda Cohn, all these guys from ESPN. I even love Colin Coward, Jim Rome, all these guys that we listen to on a consistent basis. You know, like Golick and Wingo. Uh, like, we're talking about all these guys. I love them, but, uh, you know, they're working for these big media outlets. And sometimes we get so caught up in that that we, we forget that there's other areas for information with passionate individuals that are on the on the rise. Um, and these are the types of people we should be rooting for. People like yourselves, like that are writing for the Simbin.net, passionate, love the game, putting out quality work because of the passion behind it. We should be watching this. We should be reading this. We should be following this because these are the people like yourself. I've said it a hundred times before you're on the rise, man. So one of these days we're going to see CC Hockley up there and people are, if they're not idolizing you now, they're going to do it later. So why not get <laughs> on the train now? You know what I mean? So Boy, yeah, idolizing is uh, that's a heavy word. <laughs> Dude, my friend. It yeah, is a pretty big word, but I'm just saying yeah. if they're not rooting for you now, they better be because that's the types of people we should root for. Um, that's why I do my podcast is because I try to interview people. Um, I, I do interviews with other athletes and stuff. They're not necessarily the biggest athletes, but like in the MMA world, I just had Brendan Raftery on here, professional MMA athlete. From, he's down in San Diego. He's from the Treasure Valley, but he's he's in San Diego right now, and he's trying to make it to the UFC. I've had another MMA fighter here from the Valley who's trying to make it to the UFC. Um, and while we love the guys in the UFC, we know those guys are the big money guys. These are the guys that are, you know, on, in the minor leagues, so to speak. 
and they will be there. So why aren't we rooting for them? That's why I love the media outlets too. We should be we should be looking at these other areas for information. Because one of the things that comes to mind is they don't have an agenda to meet. Uh, ESPN has an agenda to meet. Fox Sports has an agenda to meet. Unfortunately, these are these are companies that are ran by huge corporations. There there is huge corporations that have agendas to meet, and these other like outlets they don't necessarily have an agenda yet. Hopefully, to meet. So you have a little bit more freedom when it comes to what you're saying. That's what my uh, two cents were. Right hey, there. no it worries. Took me a two man. minute rant right that, there. You know, I I feel like I was kind of. Yeah, just kind of rambling on a little bit myself, but, you know, I'm a natural. I, I, I talk a lot. It's just what I do, you know, part of the <laughs> In the Corners podcast for uh, for the Sin Bin. And then, of course, you have Hockey Talk with CeCe Hockley, right. you know, the interview vehicle. So enough about me. And <laughs> let's turn let's turn the microphone over to Mr. Shane Larson, if oh, you will. <laughs> you know, yeah, you've got a story of your own, bud. I mean, you, you've been running the Game Time Guru. You, before that, you were working for iSportsWeb. Right. I'm going to turn the microphone over to you and, and kind of turn the tables and say, listen, bud, now it's your turn to say, hey, where you want to talk about an up and comer. I mean, you've been interviewing some you've been interviewing. Uh, I mean, you have been living up to your mantra, giving a panoramic view of the world of sports. So tell me somebody who's been engulfed in the sinbin.net for months now and is now finally catching up on all your episodes and everything. <laughs> tell me and tell your fellow, your devoted, loyal listeners how the game time guru got started and, and even writing for iSportsWeb. web. Right, man. That, I appreciate that uh, introduction. I should have you on every single episode. Let's <laughs> just do a recording. Um, Welcome Shane Larson uh, to the game time guru. Makes me feel good. Man. I go, love bud. it. <laughs> so the game time guru, this is for all the listeners that are out there. If you're new to this, I mean, I, I essentially, I wanted to be a sports analyst my entire life. I wanted to get on in front of the camera, essentially, and, and be able to talk about sports and find a way to get paid for it. But we all know that's a little bit harder. And when you get into the industry, you kind of find out that, that okay, it's not so easy to just go to school for that and then get a job doing that. It's, it's not. It's not easy. Uh, one day I was in college, sorry, in one of my classes, my last semester of college, Bob Beeler, voice of the Boise State Broncos. He, he does the um, radio play-by-play. He's also a talk show host here for sports, and he – did uh, he worked for Bucknell, I believe it was, uh, if I'm not mistaken, is and then he did some minor league baseball play by play back in the day. Um, anywho, he told us in class one day that we needed to just, if you're into this kind of thing, you've got to get home and you've got to record something. You've got to have your voice on a recording because if you try to apply for a job, you're not going to be able to just get a job. You have to have recording, so you need to practice by speaking into something. So I was like, man. I'm just going to start my own podcast just so I can have something recorded. But as I started like studying up for my podcast, man, the game time guru, I, I was like, I want to, I want to do something different. I, I don't necessarily want to just do this to have a recording of my voice here and have audio clips. I want to do something different. I, uh, I want to have my own show and have my own brand. So, you know, went through some ups and downs, but like, as far as like branding my name and stuff like that. But once we came up with the game time guru name, a couple weeks after I had started the podcast, um, Man, I I just wanted to bring a different perspective. I'm so used to seeing the the normal way that people do sports, and I was like, you know, I don't want to just do sports recaps. I can do those from time to time, but I don't want to just do those. I want to do interviews with people. So that's kind of like what I was mentioning. I wanted to deliver a panoramic view. So there's been a lot of interviews I've been able to do, get in touch with a lot of cool people. We're talking about MMA fighters. We're talking about 
the Highland Games for right. crying out loud, like these right. things. <laughs> um, a diver, an Olympic diver, who's going to be one of the favorites to win the Olympics in 2020. I got a hold of him. He's a freshman at the University of Texas. Uh, Kyle Brodsman, he's a kicker. He's pretty well known around the Valley of Boise, and some, you know, in Reno, he's pretty well known as well. Uh, <laughs> we we had him. I mean, I'm talking rugby, lacrosse. Like I'm trying to give a, a wide perspective. One of the things I would like to do more of is get some female athletes on here. But um, we're I've been in contact with a few. Still trying to find them to, to finalize some things to get some interviews set up. But, yeah, man, interviewing some people and, and basically getting to know people so that I can share that passion with the world. I'm not getting paid for this right now. And that's that's one of the things. It's I love how you said it, the the labor of love. Right. I love doing this. It's, I mean, we have to take time out of the day to schedule interviews and get it edited and stuff like that on top of our full-time jobs and stuff like that. That's what I do, but I love it. And you mentioned iSports Web. Um, I have to give a shout out to them. This is another place that you should should take a look at because my experience with iSports Web, I wrote for them. Um, I was the lead writer for the the Dallas Cowboys, and I also covered the Boise State Broncos for two years with iSports Web. Now, that's actually where I found out that my writing skills are not strong. They're not. That's not my strength. My strength is in my voice. I, I can express things better through sound. Uh, rather than actually writing it. But at the same time, I learned a lot of things from them. iSports Web started out in, I believe it was 2009. Two brothers. These guys went to law school. These guys were like lawyers, okay? They weren't even really into this. This wasn't what they went to school for or anything like that. Um, The White Brothers, big Michigan fans. And I'm a Buckeye fan, so it was kind of fun (laughs) talking with those guys. But, man, they just said they wanted to start up something and, uh, and, and get sports covered on their own little website. And I thought, what a cool way to do it. You know, they, they got it. And what they ended up doing, CC, is they, they reached out to college kids that wanted internship credits. And that's how they got the coverage on their on their website. Um, and it kind of gave me an idea as well for the Game Time Guru and where I want to go moving forward. Because while I love talking to people, sometimes there's going to be that audience that wants to read. You know, um, you know that. You, you cover the Sinbin.net. You do all that stuff. You write articles. People still like to read. Of course. <laughs> yeah. So... They would uh, have these college students that are one internship credits, and they'd have them do it. I mean, it's—I hate to say free labor. They're getting—they're getting college credit, or it's a resume builder for them. For me, it was a resume builder, and then I got college credit my last semester doing it. But, um, but yeah, I mean, they get them to cover these sports, and while the quality might not be like you know ESPN esque, you know what I mean? Right you can tell that there's passion behind what they're writing because these students are covering these teams and that they're taking it very seriously and they love to cover it. So all of a sudden two brothers are like, well, you know what, let's get some, uh, let's get some coverage on this website. So they did all these people start, you know, covering the website they are covering these teams and they taught us SEO tricks to make sure that our, you know, that our um, articles were getting the right hits. We were learning all these different things on the back end so that we could, you know, utilize that later on mm-hmm. and that's what i intend on doing with the game time guru i look up to iSports web their creators the founders the the white brothers because the way they did it it's not necessarily free labor but i would like to do that with the game time guru i've had you write a few articles for me i would right. need to redesign the website i'm in the process of trying to figure out the pricing for that so i can redesign it make it look a little bit better the gametimeguru.com where i can incorporate everything including articles and maybe have you know contributors from all sides got my hockey contributor cc hockley was awesome did he got some great articles out there i want more of that and it's all because of iSports web they've got great content it's not you don't just have to go to espn.com or nfl.com to go get some nfl information go to isportsweb.com they've got great information as well and it's a different perspective because you're getting it from students who truly love the game they don't have an agenda to meet right and what isportsweb was to you oddly enough the game time guru was to me 
you know, I started <laughs> not to flatter you or anything, but I'm going <laughs> to flatter you a little bit, Shane. I, I started writing for Shane back in June of 2017 and, you know, putting in articles like, you know, major league sports exodus to, to Vegas. You know, I think that was one of my first ones. And then, you know, why hockey doesn't essentially take hold in the United States as much as it has in Canada. Um, another article I wrote for you was, you know, the different leagues that, yes. that people go to in hockey and, you know, non-traditional leagues that are outside of the major four here in the United States, you know, and so I got my start in writing and I'm, you know, as you know, and as, as I know, you know, writing is a niche for me. I love right. to write and, and I loved to contribute to your website and, and who knows this summer may, when I have a little extra time and I'm not, you know, you know, engulfed in the sin bin, like I have been in a little while or for the past few months you know, to contribute another article to you. Yeah, you who know? knows? So, hey, I'll be I'll be welcoming you with open arms if you're just hey, <laughs> you get hey, some extra time. You know what? Yeah, you you gave me you gave me the foundation that the Sinbin saw, and you know, connecting with people on LinkedIn. You know, I connected with Idaho coach Neil Graham and the media director Brian McCormick. Like I mentioned, I connected with them on LinkedIn before I started writing for the Sinbin. And now that I am writing for the Sinbin and the players and everything are now connecting with me because they're like, oh, yeah, he's writing about us. He's doing a good job. He's giving us coverage. And it's the same with you. You know, people are they're seeing the the foundation that you established, you know, even in the earlier episodes with the 208 sports review that you had going on there. (laughs) And now you're the guru. You're the game time guru. I took a step up. Yes, you did. Yeah. (laughs) You've graduated to guru dumb. So, yeah, it's you're putting in the effort and the, and you had the odd opportunity as an internship. And, you know, I, I kind of view the game time guru as my internship before I got taken on to the sin bin. And, and that's where we are. I mean that we are right. in the the midst and in the, the thick of the non-traditional media market outlet. And right. so, yeah. So just to say, thank you. And well, thanks for giving me a little dude, bit of a start there. And thank you yeah. for, for being willing to do that. Of course, I, man. I appreciate it, man. You bet. So we're talking about we're we're kind of in the those beginning stages of like these non-traditional markets. We want to talk about th- these non-traditional media outlets, so to speak. Sorry. Now, let's talk about some that are a little bit, uh, I guess, more well-established. Um, starting with the Athletic, you've got some information for us on the Athletic. I want you to talk about this because the Athletic, if you haven't heard of them, guys, the Athletic is some you want to check out. These guys are starting to. Do something similar as a similar path to iSports Web, but they have taken a very big step up. I want you to explain how that's been able to grow so fast. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, the Athletic, I mean, they've only been around for about two and a half years, but they have just exploded. Yes. And, I mean, their presence on, you know, social media platforms like Twitter is very, very obvious. So, you know, their mantra, the Athletic, is fall in love with the sports page again. And I think it's really kind of a get back to your roots sort of thing. Um, Another kind of mantra of theirs is smarter coverage for the diehard fans and and that's their that's been their goal since day one i mean it was launched launched in january 2016 by alex mather and adam hansman and it is a subscription-based website so in order they they do that to remove ads remove pop-ups and any autoplay videos you know a lot of that clickbait that you see at the end of certain you know, certain websites and things like that that just get in the way. And right. it's like, oh, click on this, you know. You had no idea what was behind this celebrity's, you know, downfall or whatever, you exactly. know. Exactly. It eliminates that. So it, I, I like that. See, this is the thing. Is when I go through there, I've, I've heard people complain about subscription-based websites, especially when it comes to sports. I like that approach for the exact reason you just said. I just wanted to say that because 
it's weird. It's different because you don't go to ESPN.com and just you know have to pay unless you're going to ESPN Plus and you pay four ninety nine a month. But you can go to you go to the Athletic. You you pay your your monthly subscription fee. I think right now they had a deal going on two ninety nine a month or something like that. It's because of that. They're eliminating it, and it's better for the overall customer experience. Or, sorry, not customer experience, but user, reader experience, whatever, the fans' experience. Exactly, yeah. If you're a non-traditional media outlet, sometimes you have to rely on that ad revenue and everything. And and granted, granted, pun intended, <laughs> granted, they've been they've been gaining these this little seed funding, seed funding, rather, grants, if you will. How they've, so? Well, they've, been, they've gained, like in January 2017, they got $2.3 million in seed funding. Uh, they got another round in 2017 in July of 5.6 million, and then just this past March, you know, just a few months ago in March 2018, they got 20 million dollars to plant in more markets, and you know, just to to make the site better and to make it more more user friendly. Granted, it is subscription based, but you know, you've got these you know big name people that you know like in chicago that's where they started out was in chicago so you have john greenberg and scott powers who used to formerly be of espn chicago coming on to the athletic you know they're getting big brand names you know they expanded to their second city toronto they've got cleveland detroit philadelphia the san francisco area minnesota the rest of canada you know they've got over 20 north american cities represented in most or all of the four major sports in those cities. And they've just exploded because they've had the investors come on board and say, we believe in what you're doing. Right. And, and they, they know the big time people that are, that are willing to put money towards it so that they can get the bigger names from the ESPN, from sports illustrated to come on board to the athletic, you know, Denver, Denver actually got people from the Denver post. Do they really? Yeah, they did. Okay. And so the athletic Denver, the Denver post kind of got a, a bit of a, bad PR image recently because they ran an article about, you know, a fan's guide to, to Coors Field, the, the Colorado Rockies stadium. Yeah. And they showed a picture of the Philadelphia Phillies ballpark. Oh, did they really? They did. Ooh. They put that right Where's on the, the front page. That? That's the thing. <laughs> like, and that's the thing is like, people are getting fed up. It's like, well, you, you fire all the guys or you lose all the guys of the Denver post in the sports section, you know, and you can't tell the difference between Coors Field and veterans Memorial park. And, in Philadelphia, you know, or, or whatever it's called now. I know back in the day it was, you know, the vet, Veterans Memorial Park. I can't so. correct you on that anyway, yeah. <laughs> so I'll just take it as if that's right. a fact. But when you mistake the when you mistake the Philadelphia Phillies ballpark for the Colorado Rockies ballpark, and you can see the scoreboard, you know, in 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 the picture of it says Phillies in big red letters. I digress. <laughs> they they got some writers from the, from the Denver Post. It's a solid alternative to ESPN by grabbing those high end talents from those major publications and the major stations in those big markets. You know, Ken Rosenthal, Peter Gammons. Peter Gammons for years covered baseball for ESPN. Right. Coming on to The Athletic to, to handle the Major League Baseball stuff. You know, NHL-wise, of course I'm going to bring a hockey reference in here. You got CeCe Hockley talking. I love it. Pierre Lebrun on board with the NHL coverage. You know, Craig Custance, he was formerly of Sports Illustrated and ESPN. He's, t- he's holding down the Detroit market for the athletic. Michael Russo in Minnesota. He was a former journalist for NHL.com during the 2010 Olympics in Vancouver. You know, and, and even to kind of bring it, you know, a little closer to home, you got Sean Shapiro. Sean Shapiro covers the Dallas Stars in the NHL for the athletic Dallas. And when Idaho, when the Steelheads in round one of the Kelly Cup finals, they were down 3-0 to the Allen Americans. 
They were down. They looked like, oh, man, one more game and they're done. They just did not look like they wanted it. They won four games in a row. This is only the second time in the 30-year history of the ECHL that this has ever happened. They won four games in a row to complete the reverse sweep and move on to the second round against the Colorado Eagles. Sean Shapiro, covering the Dallas Stars, did an article about the AA affiliate of the Dallas Stars, the Idaho Steelheads, and on The Athletic, interviewed Neil Graham, the head coach of the Idaho Steelheads, about this historic reverse sweep. Like, they gave that grassroots coverage, the the, the main parent team of the Idaho Steelheads, and that, like, completely embodies, you know, smarter coverage for the diehard fans. You know, because if you're a Dallas Stars fan, you're going to be a Texas Stars fan. If you're a Texas Stars fan, you're going to be an Idaho Steelheads fan. It's just down the tree. Yeah. You know, and, you know, Shapiro... I mean, he covered it, and he and he wrote an amazing article, and it was fantastic, and it just I'm so stoked because you know you have this nationally recognized the athletic. It's an alternative to ESPN and Sports Illustrated and stuff like that. But to cover the Steelheads on such a major platform after such a big Game Seven win against the Allen Americans in Round One, it was just it flabbergasted me. I'm just you can tell I'm like at a yeah. loss for words. It's just so so cool how that that how that happened after such a historic comeback. And and you may or may not be familiar with Bob Sturm, the guy who covers the oh, Dallas Cowboys for the. I, I know the name. Okay, okay, yeah. So, so yeah. I mean, the Athletic they are carving out and they are seeing the future. Yeah. You know, they're seeing the future of non-traditional sports media, and they're embracing it and they're getting the funding for it and they're getting the big names for it. And like I said, with that Sean Shapiro example, they're doing a great job representing the little guy in Boise, Idaho, too. I love it, man. I I um I really like how they're bringing the big names on. This is what they're seeing, like you said, an opportunity. I wanted to talk about that. They they are seeing an opportunity. The big markets like ESPN, we don't want to dog them, but they have had some you know financial stress the last couple of years. Layoffs have happened. They've made a lot of people mad. We'll talk about Bill Simmons in a minute. Mm-hmm. Um, but they've they've really frustrated a lot of people. A lot of their former their former writers. Uh, now they're finding different outlets and they see you see these writers they see the athletic and they see what's going on there and, and they want to jump on there because they they know there's something there they're covering it the fans are loving it and when i listen to like the press conferences after the nba finals right they're they're you know covering lebron one of the first things i always hear it's like oh the the the, the media guys are out there and they, they go over to one of the reporters and he's like so and so the athletic so-and-so, The Athletic, LeBron, da, 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 da. and I'm like, man, The Athletic's really popular. That's that's where I'm starting to hear this name more and more, and you start to recognize it. They are gaining momentum. They're doing what it's, they're supposed to do because the fans love it. They're a non-traditional media market for or media outlet for sports, and they're covering it well. It's so interesting to the fans. It's different than the, the traditional stuff, and sometimes people like a little bit of change. Well, and that's the thing is that the world is changing. The, the digital age has been going on for gosh, a number of years now, I'd say over 20 years, you know, the, the grand scheme of just newsprint and, and everything like that is, is going more towards websites and right. even, you know, our local public publication, like I mentioned earlier, the Idaho Statesman, you know, they have geared their coverage more towards, you know, high school sports and Boise state athletics mm-hmm. than, than the Idaho steelheads. And, you know, you have the Steelheads and you have the single single A short season affiliate of the Colorado Rockies, the Boise Hawks. You know, those guys don't get a whole lot of coverage unless they make a postseason run and unless they make a deep postseason run. Right. And so you've got you've got the little guy represented for the fan that wants to follow along all year 
or all season, whether it's a short season like the Boise Hawks or 72 games like the Idaho Steelheads. Right. And I think that even in bigger markets like Chicago and Cleveland and Detroit, you know, people, they, they can see through when, when newspapers have these big layoffs and when they have somebody that covers the team that is not, you know, well-versed or passionate about the sport and doesn't, and is just kind of writing just to, because they have to cover it. Yes. And the athletic, they're bringing in people who are passionate about it, people who know the game, people who, you know, not to say that ESPN doesn't have that or Sports yeah. Illustrated doesn't have that, but like you said, there's no there's no preset agenda. Um, there's no bigger, you know, Disney corporation to satisfy. Exactly. You know, it's just, it's, it's a grassroots campaign and it's becoming bigger than grassroots. I mean, it still has to have private funding, but again, you know, you're investing in a subscription, you're going to get your money's worth because they know that your dollars provide them a paycheck and they want to do you right by it. Exactly. Yeah. I love that, man. Um, one of the things to, to talk about here going forward is another non-traditional media outlet. And this is coming from another former ESPN, you know, uh, employee, I should say. And this is one of my favorites, to be honest. His name is Bill Simmons. We just talked about him just a second ago. He used to work for the Grantland Network. Uh, he had a show with uh, Jalen Rose. Um, and... They had, it was an amazing podcast on the Grantland Network. I loved it. I loved their take on everything. I loved their articles they'd write. Bill Simmons was my favorite. I always looked up to him. I'd listen to his stuff. I'd read his stuff. One of the biggest things he he did is he like caught my attention when he broke down how the NBA playoffs should be put together. And he breaks it down on how all 16 teams should be seated. There should be no Eastern Western Conference. And he broke it down. And not only did he just say that because everybody like has their arguments, but he broke it down analytically explaining how this would work and how it wouldn't be that difficult to do it. Um, and I thought it was one of the most well-researched and most well-spoken or well-written articles because it made it very easy to understand for people like myself who need it to kind of be like layman's terms he did it for me so <laughs> it was yeah, good yeah um one of the other things about bill simmons though is he's very opinionated and when you're working for a major corporation like espn like you just said <laughs> you got to make disney happy right? right right exactly he definitely didn't make disney happy in fact he got fired so he goes off and he starts his own thing and everyone thought he was going to be a complete failure. Uh, he's going to go start his own thing and it's called the ringer. Um, but that's where he can share his own opinions. He can kind of do his own thing the way that he does it. And he's the founder back in 2016 is when he started it. Have you ever checked out the ringer before? You know, I haven't really, not really. No, I, I, I was, I was somewhat familiar with his Grantland stuff. You know, me and Derek, who has also been on the podcast. Right. Derek Deroy. Yep. Derek Deroy. He, uh, he would send me a lot of articles from Grantland because he's a big Bill Simmons proponent like you are. Okay. And so I would I would kind of stay informed through that. Um, I'm just kind of now starting to shift. I mean, obviously, now that I'm part of a non-traditional media right. outlet, I'm kind of start, starting to notice more of the other ones like The Athletic and like The Ringer and Bar to, Barstool Sports, which we will get to later. Yes. But, yeah, the fact that Bill Simmons, you know, he kind of had his own little offshoot Grantland through ESPN and everything, and then – kind of offended some of the higher ups and all yep. that and then got next. Yeah. I'm not too familiar with the ringer, but I have looked into it a little bit more and seen some of the podcasts and stuff that they've done. And the fact that they've partnered up with Vox media. Yeah. Um, May of 2017, you know, you see those little YouTube videos that are, you know, informational and everything. I think Vox has carved out, carved out a nice little niche on the internet. And so yeah. that partnership I think is very beneficial yes. to all involved at the ringer and, yeah, a lot of a lot of the editors from Grantland came over to came over to the Ringer back in 2016 when yeah. when Bill Simmons started that, and you know it's not just the writing, it's not just sports, 
it's right. also pop culture as well. You know, I looked on the I looked on the main page today. Yeah. They had everything from recaps of game two of the NBA finals to critiquing uh, Bomani Jones and Pablo Torre's <laughs> new yeah. new uh, ESPN talk show to uh, album review of Kanye West's new music. So Dude, it's like exactly. you've got this whole like pop culture sports, you know, intersection happening here at the ringer. And I think I think that's brilliant. I think yeah. they've carved out a nice little niche to not only bring you the side of sports, but to also kind of have a one stop shop for for any pop culture like music or, you know, anything happening in the movie world and things like that. They've also got that kind of pegged down as well, which I think was a brilliant move by Bill Simmons. It's it's genius. And and as much as people want to hate on Bill Simmons, his 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 way of putting this together has been awesome. The fact that it's been working like when you first look at the Ringer website, like this is when it first launched, I was like, oh, I'm going to check it out because because Bill Simmons is one of my favorites. Uh, so I go and I check it out. And it looks like it's elementary school, right? Like the, the the Ringer website itself doesn't look like it's so well put together, um, uh, but the content that's within it is amazing. And the Bill Simmons podcast is one that I listen to almost daily whenever he puts puts out a new one. But he's got podcasts all over the board because he brought in all these contributors and basically gave them the opportunity to have their own shows and, and, and do what they wanted to do and produce good content. So all these people are putting out stuff that they've got an NBA show they've got all dude their podcast list is insane but the Bill Simmons podcast is huge and I love it he's a little bit like uncensored he's he's kind of funny but I love his opinions and he'll bring on guests sometimes he had a he had a beef with Chris Collinsworth mm-hmm. just last year um where he called him out and then they had a little Twitter feud and they were going off on each other in the in the Twitter world but then um, the very next week, he had Chris Collinsworth on the show, and it was kind of funny to hear him. They were trying to squash the beef while they were on the show, but I thought it was genius to bring on the guy that they just had this, you know, everybody in the sports world and the football world kind of saw what was going on that that Sunday, um, and then he brings him on the show to kind of talk it out and then have a good time just discussing sports, and it was so entertaining. I just love it. And so the ringer's awesome. Bill Simmons did a great job. But people need to know about this thing. It's an all-in-one. Uh, it's not ESPN. It's not Fox Sports News. Not CBS Sports, and it's not Sports Illustrated. It's the Ringer, and um, I would encourage everybody to check it out. Not just the podcast, but the articles. The articles are well written, and they're it, it, they kind of take my my shift by taking a non-traditional view on sports. It's not just sports recaps. Sometimes they are, but sometimes it's it's like funny things. Like they're they're talking about sports, and they break it down in a different angle, and I. I absolutely love that. And it's similar to Barstool, which you just mentioned. And I want to finish up by talking about Barstool. Mm-hmm. We're going to have a little a little discussion. That. What do you think about Barstool? I want to know your first thoughts, CC. When we talk about Barstool Sports, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Do you like or not? I do not like it. Okay. I, so you I'm do not, not like it. No, okay. I am, I am not, I'm not a proponent of Bar- Barstool Sports. Okay. And you don't have to be a fan, uh, but do you respect what they've done as a, as a little, I guess you say, a business or a media outlet? Or what, what, do you, what are your thoughts? Oh, man. Uh, let me not mince words. Um. <laughs> How are they different from The Ringer, though? Because they're kind of an all-in-one as well. Right. Right. Um, they are an all-in-one, um, and Barstool kind of ventures into that territory as well. But what Dave Portnoy is trying to do with Barstool, I mean, he himself has described the website as sports slash smut. <laughs> and, and and just logging on again, you just kind of compare current events. I, I logged on to The Ringer this morning. I logged on to, to Barstool Sports and kind of looked at their main page and see what they were all about. And, you know, they have 
everything, you know, from all of, of course, the NBA finals and, and things like that, the coverage there. And they also have an article called grading the newest sex scandal. Yeah, I was just going to bring like, this up. I didn't even know you were bringing that up. Oh today. yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yep. And then, you know, the barstool local smoke show of the day, you know, the guy named Tommy smokes highlights attractive women from Instagram. It looks like, and I'm, uh, I, I get it. I, I understand the fact that, you know, sex sells, unfortunately. And I just, I'm, I'm not a big, I'm not a big fan of that. I'm not a big fan of, of catering to the kind of, you know, oh, 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 you know, kind of male machismo sort of like, yeah, you know, throwback to mad men, 1960s, 1950s, objectifying women and things like that. And, and, and to tell you, I, I understand that even the CEO of Barstool Sports is a, is a woman, you know, and, and they have female writers and they even had a female writer writer tackle an article about the Saudi Arabian woman. I mean, they're starting to get driver's licenses. Finally, okay, women yeah, are yeah. in Saudi Arabia. And, and the very kind of tagline for that in the, in the news headline was, so this needs to tackle. So we need to tackle something else. Women are bad drivers and it's a woman writing this article. And so it's like when you have women there and you have women, you know, leading the way, obviously Dave Portnoy, you know, he has creative control and everything like that. They're, they're kind of catering to this environment of the, and it's not even an old boys club. I mean, if there's other women that are contributing to this, it's just, it's not where I want to go if I have to sift through that to get to my sports coverage. <laughs> I, and and even some of the gals, even some of the gals for the Sinbin, you know, follow bar, Barstool Sports. Yeah. You know, so it's like, not for me. If you want to, it's America. It's a free country. You can you can consume what you want. But I'm not a fan of Barstool Sports. I enjoy their sports coverage when I when I see it peripherally, but I'm not going to go out of my way to go to barstoolsports.com. I respect that 100%. And it is a little heavy for me too. Like I'm not like the biggest into that. I I find it funny sometimes with the grading the news, oh sex scandal whatever sex, uh, whatever the whole teacher thing. The what I find funny is the fact that they actually have enough content to continuously, is that the word? Continuously produce an article on that mm-hmm. it seems like every month right it's, it's unreal to me so, and so that's not necessarily a funny thing but it's almost like ridiculous so they they found something they're like hey you know what the fact that our country is disgusting and we can't figure this part out we're gonna make a little section here and to me i think it's i almost think it's funny because they've they've capitalized on the stupidity right. of such individuals that consistently make these mistakes in the news and i don't know i just sometimes i think that's funny but it has nothing to do with sports right there that sports it, to me barstool is so boston and that's where it kind of originated we're talking like in, in the massachusetts area the east coast it, it does remind me of like that's just how the culture is in in boston or in massachusetts in general and then they kind of they put their headquarters over to new york i i have to give them respect because They've kind of branched out as well, though. Like just like the other outlets, it took them a little bit longer. They took a little bit longer route to get there because they weren't coming. Uh, they didn't have all the big names to start. You know, 2003 they start up and they just got into the you know the, the newspaper. Their local newspaper had little little articles in there. You know, from time to time. And then 2007, from what I what I remember um, uh-huh. researching, right? 2007 they get into the internet era. Right? So they they break onto the internet. So they get into the digital. Stuff. And, and they expanded to other topics as well. I think that's another thing is that when they started getting onto the internet in 2007, that's when their coverage went from, you know, just a little 
hand well not handwritten <laughs> a print publication in 2013 that had you know gambling advertisements and right fantasy, it was the gambling yeah fantasy, fantasy sports projections and things like that you go from that and you start to divi- diversify a little bit and and you know covering those teacher sex scandal stories and things like that i mean yahoo 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 news is going to cover that right you know they're gonna they're gonna chime their two cents in and bringing you know kind of a news you know unobjective quote-unquote take on it but barstool is just unabashedly saying hey let's grade this let's grade this like we would you're saying it's like geez you know and so i've read a few of them and i like i had to put my head down just be like dude just shake my head because some of them are just like wow like it's like you said they objectify women in a sense and it's it's already like it's like pouring gasoline on a fire. It's it's not good all around. Like I'm sure it's not, it's not good. But it is entertainment. They did a good job like with the entertainment factor. Their sports coverage though, like when it comes to their podcasts, pardon my take, uh-huh. is one of the funniest podcasts ever. And I, and and again, I think maybe it's just because I like these non traditional um, views on sports. It's I all I have my my time of the day where I'll listen to traditional sports talk radio, sports talk shows. But then you get like Pardon My Take and the different segments they have in Pardon My Take and the different guests they bring on. It's just, it's so good. Like they'll bring up stuff and you'll you'll just find yourself laughing at the stuff that they're saying. And to me, it's kind of like Bill Simmons. Bill Simmons is a little bit more relaxed and chill back. These guys are more of the upbeat. Like I guess they, they cater to the younger generation of uh listeners and stuff but i don't know i love barstool and what they're doing and they're kind of expanding out to to multiple areas multiple markets i mean bigger cities and stuff like that and just taking a national a national view can you guys hear this seat in the background here it just keeps <laughs> i so we're squeaking the entire just, way through just to give you guys the scene here so we are in we're in my bedroom we're at we're at the desk recording this from our microphones we got the microphone strapped to the desk and everything i gave Shane my chair that I normally use typing up my articles or, you know, covering games or whatever here, you know, on my laptop or whatever. And Shane is in my squeaky chair. And he, every time he slightly turns, you know, it's like, it sounds like I'm passing. Yeah. So if you guys heard that the entire time, that's what it is. I'm glancing out of the corner of my eye and I'm like, I don't think Shane's farting, but (laughs) I think that's my chair. And I am sorry for giving you the squeaky chair. I should have just brought in a hardwood chair. I just moved too much. That's the problem. I can't sit still. (laughs) You're good, man. Yeah. I see you rocking forth a little bit, but man, I mean, it's. This is an energy expending exactly. argument. So, you know, to keep my hands are moving. I'm Italian. You're just kind of waffling back and forth in my chair a little bit. So fair enough. <laughs> I digress. I digress. So let's get back to Barstool. Let me be a devil's okay. ad- advocate to myself a little okay. bit and talk about like their charitable donations. OK, let's do that. So after the Boston Marathon bombing, I think that was four years ago in 2014, I want to say um, Barstool donated. They raised through Barstool Sports twenty five hundred thousand dollars. Wow. Yeah. And so, you know, that cause, um, they support veterans and animal rights causes um, regularly. They also raised money after 2015. There was the death of two New York Police Department officers. Um, their NYC advocate at Barstool Sports raised $104,000. So, hold on. Hold on. $2,500,000. Is that $2.5 million? No, no, $2,500,000. So two five zero comma zero zero zero. I don't, I didn't even know if I said that right. It came out of my mouth. It's like 250000 There we go. $250,000. There we go. Man. $250,000. $2,500,000 would be 2.5 million. Whoa, man. I just, 
I'm going to blame the allergy medication yeah. on that one because we are right in the middle of spring and, well, we're going into summer. But, man, the pollen count is high in the allergy That's medication. That's so funny. Wow. Okay. $250,000. Thank you for that. Wow. Okay. <laughs> let mm, Reboot. $250,000 for the Boston Marathon bombings, raising, raising funds for that. Two New York Police Department officers died in 2015. You got $104,000. Okay. <laughs> and then and they also raised $60,000 for the Justin J. Watt Foundation. J.J. Watt. I mean, J.J. Watt is a legend yeah. of spearheading, you know, when the Houston Hurricanes happened and everything. Right. I mean, so, so they contributed $60,000 to the Justin J. Watt Foundation. So in spite of these, you know suspect not even suspect not even like i said unabashedly i think that's a good adjective for that they just they put it out there and they have no apologies for it you know they just they just put the stuff out there but they have those good causes that they that they don't donate to um i am a fan of pat mcafee yes the, the colts punter who who announced his retirement during super bowl week in 2017 to come on to ball this barstool sports yes and i tell you yeah he I'm kind of a pro wrestling fan too. Okay. I think I've I've yeah, disclosed that, that to you before. And Pat McAfee made an appearance on WWE's uh, developmental territory NXT. He made an appearance when they came through Indianapolis and kind of was a part of an angle as well. So okay, yeah. I mean they they've got their they've got their toes dipped in a, a number of different pools in regards to you know pop culture and sports and a little bit of the like I, from what I'm familiar with of the chive. The chive kind yeah. of does like. You know, they focus on some TNA as well. Yep. And some some ladies and stuff like that. So they kind of have that going for them as well. And they kind of have kind of have Pat McAfee kind of, you know, big wrestling fan and stuff like that. So they are very diversified. And, you know, from a moral standpoint, not a fan from a business standpoint and a sports standpoint. I I'm like, man, I can't I can't deny the fact I've got a respect for what they do for what they do over there. Absolutely, man. I, I'm, I'm right there with you. I mean, you don't have to love them, uh, but they have done something from a business standpoint, which I respect immensely. And that's they found their market and it's it's done well for them. Uh, the fact that they started so small and have, have grown so big um, in the last 15, 15 or so years is is impressive to me. So in uh, to finish up, then, CC, what I'm going to have you do um, in, you know, in the light of uh, grading, because we we're talking about grading the the you know, sex scandal teachers. Let's grade. <laughs> I want you to tell me of all the non-traditional media outlets, whether it be the ones we spoke about today. Again, we're talking about the Simbin.net, Game Time Guru, iSports Web, The Athletic, The Ringer, Barstool, any others as well that may that may come to mind. Who is your favorite non-traditional media outlet? Like, what's your favorite one to go to for sports information? I'm going to have to say The Athletic of the ones that we brought up today. Yeah. I mean, they they've taken the talent and the just the kind of the spirit of what ESPN was when they originally started yeah. back in the day, they kind of took the spirit of that and kind of reinvigorated it. Right. You know, and the fact that they have the people willing to, uh, I mean, the, the Sean Shapiro article won me over. Can you yeah. tell? Can yeah. you tell? Yeah. I mean, I, I, <laughs> I gushed I about it for about five minutes. It felt like, <laughs> so yeah. I mean, the fact that they can give such a, small market like Boise, Idaho at the time of day yeah. after completing something so historic and and to, to give Neil Graham that platform to speak on it as they're heading out to, to Colorado for game one of the, the Mountain Division finals after they beat Allen. You know, it was just that that won me over. 
you know, and yeah. I, I'd say of the ones that we've mentioned, you know, like I said, I'm not super familiar with the ringer or barstool sports, but again, that's just because I haven't really subjected myself yeah, yeah, to, yeah. to those yet. But again, I've been kind of focused on my duties with the Sinbin yeah. and that and everything. And so, yeah, I mean, just from a personal bias and, and representing Boise, Idaho, I'm going to say, I'm going to say the athletic. Heck Yeah. Hashtag respect because they they gave Idaho the respect. Uh, small market, um, the athletics legit. I'm gonna go with that as well. I think that they have the biggest potential as well. I think they've set themselves up for success. Uh, the funding's there. The the contributors are there. Um, but man, uh, I'll tell you this right now. You and I, one day we're gonna make it somewhere. So oh, yeah. For for everybody who's listening, I hope you enjoyed this discussion. I hope you guys take it a little bit more seriously when you look at these non traditional media outlets. Pay attention to them. Root for them. I'm not just saying that for me and CC. I'm saying that for everybody else, the ones that we've we've mentioned and the ones that will be coming up. Um, if it's someone that you're not used to hearing and it's not a big-name person, that doesn't mean they're not knowledgeable. It doesn't mean they don't have knowledge to share and a passion to share with the world. So, so take them seriously. Um, I'm looking forward to your stuff, CC, coming forward. Sim Ben's got some good things coming, um, and, and you're going to be manning some of the podcasting stuff, and it's going to be legit, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, I'm going to be taking over the In the Corners podcast um, in July. Okay. Um, Matt Harding is stepping down. His co-host, Bobby Metcalf from the Quad City Times, is also stepping down. So I'm going to be taking over. I'm going to be doing a little co-host tryouts in the summer here. And we're going to do it once a month from July onward until the season starts. And then we'll do it, you know, once a week. Yes. And then I'm also going to be doing Hockey Talk. And Hockey Talk, the format of Hockey Talk is going to be applied to In the Corners. And Hockey Talk is going to be kind of like an interview vehicle. Okay. So 15, 20-minute little bite-sized, you know, quick Quick little little listens of interviews with hockey personalities, players, coaches, staff, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So that's what's going to happen there. As always, you can follow my personal account on Twitter at CC Hockey Talk, the letter C, the letter C Hockey Talk. And you can also follow Sinbin Steelheads at Sinbin Idaho. Right now I'm at Sinbin Eagles covering the Colorado Eagles. Like I said, game six is going to be on Wednesday, but lots of exciting stuff happening at the Sinbin.net and yeah, I'm really looking forward to, to moving forward with them into the offseason and taking over Hockey Talk, and it's going to be fun. It's going to be a good time, and to turn the to turn the tables yet again, <laughs> keep listening to Shane. Obviously, you're here. You're listening to me talk. You're listening to, to Shane put in his two cents, as he put it, <laughs> and keep listening to Shane. Keep keep supporting him with your, with your listens, with your downloads. Because what he's doing is legit. He's really living up to his mantra of delivering the panoramic view of the world of sports. And obviously, this is my sixth time. It's time number six. Can you believe Dude, that, that's Shane? Crazy. <laughs> this is my sixth time on the podcast. I believe in what he's doing. That's why I started writing for him. And yes, this man, like he said about me, I'm going to say about him, he's going to go places. He's got the drive. He's got the voice. And he's got the determination and the effort to get things done and to, to keep interviewing people from the diving world, people from MMA, people from the Highland Games, lacrosse. And yet you still have Mike Vernace from, you know, the hockey world. Yes. But in a little bit non-traditional because he's in Europe now, right? Right. Yeah. Denmark. So, yep. He's yeah. Over there. there you go. So I'm plugging your show on your show. I love it, keep man. Keep listening to Shane. Big things are coming. You guys know what to do. Go subscribe to the show. Give it a review if you can on iTunes. It'd be very helpful for me. And, uh, yeah, make sure to check it out and share it with all your friends. Hope you guys enjoyed this. This is the Game Time Guru, and we'll talk to you next week.
Guys, thanks so much for listening to another episode of my show. Now, if you could go and do me a favor, head over to iTunes, give me five stars and leave me a review. It would be greatly appreciated. Thanks, guys. Appreciate your support.